Hello and welcome back to Thought Architecture. So this is the second episode or part two of the meditation. So I thought um, the exploration into meditation, if you haven't heard the beginning one, um, just go back and listen to that one first. It's all about how meditation is a loaded word, the perception of meditation, perhaps, you know, talking about like the effect on life and, <clears throat> you know, what people misunderstand perhaps about meditation as well. Uh, now I'm speaking from my own experience, you know, uh, please take that into account. A lot of what I've got to say um, I, comes from uh, the science out there as well as a lot of the businesses that I've seen as, a lot of, as well as um, having discussions with people as well as the, um, the traditional kind of roots that I've explored as well. So I'm based particularly in Taoist um, circles. That's where my foundation was but a lot of the Eastern stuff too. So less the yogic type of meditation, more the, you know, the Tibetan Buddhist, uh, a lot of the Chinese stuff as well, the Taoist, the Confucius, and then the Japanese Zen stuff. I have a lot of exposure to that type of thing. <clears throat> what I've found, very simply put, is, okay, so let's imagine that you are someone who wants to meditate more. Um, the last episode was really investigating a lot of the the misconceptions around it. So be clear on why. Why do you want to start meditating? Medita meditation can have a lot of benefits. And just because of it being a loaded word, let's change the word to stillness. So you want to start a stillness practice. Um, I highly promote this with a lot of people. You know, people need much more of a stillness practice, especially in today's day and age. You know, like ramping up our productivity is something that's expected of us. It's, it's something that we need a lot more. Um, but ramping up our unproductive time, our time to sit and chill, we don't think like that. We almost, it's taken, you know, decades of, of research to start convincing people that actually they need more sleep than they're getting. That somehow sleep is for the weak. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Um, you're not being productive if you're sleeping, that kind of thing. And it actually, all the science and the studies and people getting up on TED Talks and things like that show us that sleep is incredible important and if you want to be more productive like managing your sleep is going to be better for you than staying up and working more you know you can get a lot more done a lot more effectively and a lot more quality work done if you are getting quality sleep so that being said there is definitely a point to meditation and stillness and so this is the deep dive for this okay <clears throat> so the stillness point is very simple. If you are trying to go from zero meditation to a little bit of meditation, then don't, don't, don't program it that you're going to do an hour a day. Like, you know, why would you expect someone to go from the couch to running a marathon in a day? You know, that's the equivalent that we're trying to do. So what we want to do is take an assessment. Like, how comfortable is it for you to sit down Close your eyes and do nothing for two minutes. Just put a timer on for two minutes and literally close your eyes and do nothing. Two minutes. Okay. So set up an assessment. Now, this is one of the biggest issues that I've got with stillness practices and meditation is people talk about it as if it's a discipline. And coming from a perspective of education as well, and 15 years in the educational industry, I will tell you something that I truly believe i've seen a lot of detailed uh, studies on this and research and you know theories about this is that focus comes as a natural part of an emotional 
you know, having an emotional fuel. Focus comes as a result of being emotionally connected to something that you're doing. So making sure that you're enjoying it, you're exploring it, you know, there's, there's a lot of interesting parts for you. Um, you can share it with someone. That is going to make it a lot more easy to stay focused and consistent and be disciplined about it. The consistency means that, number one, you're going to see long-term effects. But if you're connected with it emotionally, you're also going to see short-term effects. And it's really the balance between these two. Consistency beats out everything else. So it doesn't matter if you go and do like the number one meditation course underneath this guru if you're not going to use it afterwards. So being consistent and being true and knowing yourself is important. And so assessing yourself first and making sure that you're not just grinding through this. It's this idea of willpower. You know, yes, that is a, a different muscle that you can flex, but it, it's a lot easier and a lot less taxing when you can connect emotions to something. So primarily put emotions behind it. And so this opens up the conversation into like, well, if emotions trump focus, well, if you go back to the human operating system episodes that I did for this podcast, um, you'll see that emotions are point two. The second principle that I mentioned with the human operating system, where point one is social and then point three is, um, oh, crumbs, I've forgotten now. What was it? No man is an island. Oh, context. Context is king, of course. And so you're going to have this idea of like the more that you can assess your own needs for meditation and what you'd like to use meditation to try and help you with in your life, the more focused you're going to be because it matters to you to get those short-term gains and to be consistent with your meditation is going to give you those long-term gains. So let's bring in the brain areas that are shown to have an effect with meditation. So I'm just going to lift, list them off here quickly. This, this is cursory this is my list and you're more than welcome to kind of like put in your own things as well that you feel that you believe but really these are the ones that come in from me as an educator as well me as someone who's very interested in um, you know neurolinguistics <clears throat> and brain behavior so social visual spatial linguistic emotional and then i would say uh, temporal and temporal is time reflective and planning so looking back and looking forward so let me go through those very quickly social so you can sit and meditate and you could literally put yourself in a position where you're trying to be social now what does that mean it means that you've got multiple voices in your head you've got um, multiple versions of yourself that you could be as well and it's literally having a conversation with yourself could be good so there is uh there are myriad techniques that you could use here. One of my favorites is called splitting the self, where you know you separate yourself into two people, the person who's really feeling it, the, the other person who's looking at it from an outside perspective. I like that concept, splitting the self, you know, like one person who's going through, let's say, heartache, and the other person who's coaching the person through heartache, trying to help and console and challenge. And, you know, so splitting the self, that's a social one. Um, there are other versions of this that you could utilize, you know, but you could basically say that any type of conversation or interaction that you're having in your head with other people or with yourself um, is social. Okay, so I like, I like to do a tribal council type of meditation where I imagine mentors and people in my life who are teachers sitting around me, coaching me through something or just like consoling me or, you know, reaffirming and validating me 
because that's ultimately um, you know how we work in real life any type of way of socializing with a person uh, visual you know the brain has a large part of it just dedicated to visual stimulus and so making it um, as visual as possible like spend some time don't just imagine oh okay baby Yoda's in front of me spend some time like really in your mind seeing all the details of baby Yoda that your eyes soak up like the colors the textures uh, skin hair all that kind of stuff okay um, spatial engaging uh, spatially with something as in like your brain perceives three dimensions and so you know walking somewhere uh, holding an object or seeing an object's three dimensions that's also so visual and spatial kind of link together quite nicely um, so there was a very interesting study done on on free throws I'm sure I've mentioned it in the last one as well but if I haven't three different groups and all of them were intermediate players they've been playing for a couple of years um, and at the beginning of I think it was three weeks they were tested how many free throws could they do and one of the group did nothing and at the end of the three weeks they saw no improvement surprise surprise you don't practice you don't improve uh, one of the groups actually did practice free throws on a daily basis and the other group visualized doing the free throws which brings in like another part of the body as well which is feeling your body spatially feeling your body um, and then imagining the space around the body as well and visualizing that and so you get this idea of um, visualization can be more than just seeing it can be perceiving space but also feeling your body in that space as well and so that's part of the emotional side of it as well um, but the idea is that um, yeah maybe I should put uh, kinesthetic as um, a big one as a separate um, okay so the, at the end of the study the group that actually did the physical practice improved 24% and the group that did visualization meditations improved 23% so that's to be said that with something that you're not a beginner you've got a little bit of experience in you can see a result from meditating and visualizations okay you can see improvement because you're literally like role-playing a scenario so it can work very nicely for social things anything that you want it can come back okay there's a linguistic element to the brain as well so you know put it into speech patterns you know actually um, hear words and speak words to yourself that's a very big thing as well uh, reaffirming and so having a mantra where you, that you say to yourself like I am fantastic I don't need to worry you know that kind of thing um, emotional is very important as well you can literally visualize your emotions and so trying one of my favorites is visualizing your emotions as weather patterns and seeing clouds and storms and thunder when you're super angry and allowing that storm to kind of rain down and feed fields and then see that storm pass and the sun come through and that type of visualization really helps um, I'll talk about visualizations in a minute anyway but the idea is you can see if we can engage social ideas visual ideas spatial linguistic emotional kinesthetic as I've mentioned and then the two at the end are reflective and planning okay so the two at the end the reflective and the planning part are very simply based on how the brain acknowledges certain learnings as well so if you read a book you know first of all do a precursory read where you see um, the names of chapters you know 
especially books that are nonfiction, right? So if you're reading a book like uh, how to how to start a business in 30 days, you know, like read the contents page first, go through, look at all the pictures, things like that. So you've got a sense of um, cognitive load in your mind. You've you've almost like planned and prepared your mind to receive information in a certain way. Okay. Then you receive that information by reading. And then once you've sat down and you finished the book, you know, you reflect, what did I learn? And you go through each part. Now life can have that same cycle. And so you can reflect on how you behaved at a party. You can plan your mood. You can plan to behave at a party in certain ways. Certain unnecessary social situations come up. You can negate them. So this idea of being in the moment all the time, uh, I find it a bit ridiculous because our brain literally will pull up as many memories as possible and reflect on these memories and try and pattern memories together with the present. So, you know, the fact that you're triggered because someone you've never met before uses a word that was very hurtful to you in the past. You know, that type of thing. That's how the brain operates. So people say be mindful as it, well, just ignore what the brain is doing. But I would prefer to work with the brain rather than against the brain. And that's what this whole podcast episode is about work with the brain so the brain has a reflective part so why don't you reflect on what you enjoyed and what you didn't enjoy why don't you plan a way around that you know trial and error see what works okay so all of these come in and i think a good way to say this as well is that you've got brain areas number one number two the second point that you can think about is an active or a passive meditation based on a very simple point of, you know, program your meditation like an accordion, I used to say. Nowadays, I say it's more like modular programming. So on the day, if you're very tired, don't do an active meditation, do a passive meditation. A meditation where all you need to do is just sit and listen. Great, cool. And in the passives, you can have a load of stuff. So one of the things that uh, I was lucky enough to do is that uh, you know, a group of friends got together and we did this, this thing where for two minutes everybody goes around the circle and tells you what they appreciate about you. And I recorded that session. And on days where I'm feeling very tired and I'm not feeling myself, I'll just play that recording. And I know that that's a past thing and I know that there's a lot of ways that we can deflate and maybe you know, uh, call that out. But the simple matter is, is that it gives me energy to listen to that. It reminds me I am not who I am today, but perceivably as well, people, people understand me differently to how I understand myself. And it's nice to kind of hear compliments and what do people appreciate about you. So there are personal passive meditations that you can make by just recording things and then sitting and listening to them. But likewise, you can do this with any kind of meditation music, guided meditations. I really like Insight Timer. I've got a couple of meditations on there as well. Um, but an active meditation is the same as um, saying that, you know, just downloading the notes from a lecture versus you actually writing out the notes yourself. Which one is going to have more of an impact? And definitely, the more active you are in your meditations, the more of an impact it's going to have. So don't put on music. If you've got the energy for it, run yourself through your own meditation. You know, take yourself through these things yourself, okay? And if you need someone to help you or whatever, you know, reach out to communities. There's a lot of communities like that where they will, you know, happily share. Um, so, number one, engage the areas of the brain. 
Number two, active and passive and understand it like an accordion. Depending on your energy, put something in and take something out. So again, it comes away from this idea of discipline. You know, how long do you need to meditate for to get a result? Well, only you will know that. I mean, I've gotten results very successfully of like 15 minutes of meditation. And that's largely based on the idea of how long it takes for my body to calm down as well from the day. But likewise, I've got certain things that I do, stillness practices, where I'll put a timer on for 30 minutes and I'll just sit. And I don't close my eyes or anything. But the goal of it is just to sit and not move. And I, I'm glued to the chair. I'm not allowed to touch anything. And, you know, I can move around the chair if I want to, but I'm pretty much glued to that chair. And something as simple as this, you know, your brain starts wondering, what do I need to do? Where can I go? And you make a list. But after about five minutes, you're tired of making lists. So you've got 25 minutes to then do what? And your brain just starts to settle. And that's quite a nice activity to, to do. Um, and it's not so challenging like to sit like that for 30 minutes with your eyes closed in the lotus position with your hands in a particular um, you know, posture. It can be difficult. But for, for you know, starting off, it's not a big deal if you just sit down and put a timer on for 30 minutes and say, I can't move for 30 minutes. I don't need to do anything else. I just need to chill for 30 minutes. No reading, no phones, no technology, no interruptions, no nothing. Can't do anything. 30 minutes, sit here. Any action that's taken is taken in the mind, and that's it. Um, another thing that a lot of people say, and this is just an extra tip, um, is that they fall asleep when they meditate. A quick workaround for this is make sure that your neck is not supported. Okay, so don't put a pillow behind you. Don't lie down on the floor. Sit up, you know, sit up straight. Put a, enough pillows so you're comfortable and you can just sit up without really stressing your back or anything like that. But do not support the neck. So you have to hold up your own neck. Because as soon as you start falling asleep, you're going to start nodding. And that's a great way to see, do I need to meditate or do I need a nap? And I highly recommend naps. One of the episodes that's going to be coming up soon is going to be an episode on sleep, actually, uh, in accordance with learning, um, the effects of sleep, things like that. So I highly recommend that. So this is a little bit of a deep dive into meditation, but less so the different types of meditation and more so the types of muscles involved in meditation and how you can actually bring up more. I highly recommend and this is probably the third and final thing that I would say, is to bring the broaden and build theory that's previously been mentioned into your meditations, where you, for example, um, play, explore, savor, or share, because you are engaging multiple things when you, um, when you have a meditation that explores these. So to explore playing, let's say to uh, sit down, meditate, and reflect on a moment where you were playing, and you, you re literally, you put that, that uh, memory on repeat and you turn up how much you felt and how much you enjoyed it. You know, you can then reflect on that and say, what did you enjoy about it? And maybe come up with an idea that you want to compliment people and just share appreciation with them as well. So savoring, um, exploring your own emotions. And then finally, after the meditation, you share it with them. You know, so the broaden and build theory um, if you wanted more information about that, go check out um, one of the previous podcasts that I did, which was the idea of emotionality and um, exercising your emotions. 
But yes, that is the, this is the second audio into uh, meditation, the deep dive into meditation, and personally my meditation practices as well. And I must say that for three years I've been meditating regularly as and when I've needed it and discovered a lot of these meditations. <clears throat> meditations to the side, stillness as well. I find that I get a lot of uh, results from just being still more frequently as well. So even if it's just sitting down with a cup of coffee, nothing else, and just enjoying a little bit of time of quiet. It sounds boring, it sounds weird, um, but again, it's just a muscle that the more you exercise consistently, the more it develops and the easier it becomes to do anything. Cool. So uh, most of the time people ask for, you know, five-star reviews, you know, to help out the, the podcast, the audio. I'm not going to ask that. You know, if it moves you to do that, great, fantastic. Thank you very much. What I'd rather get you to do is share this podcast with one person that you want to start a conversation around this topic, okay? Share the podcast. Both of you listen to it. Meet up for a cup of coffee or a drink or something like that, a meal, go and share this podcast so you can consume it and discuss it together, point by point, whatever. Agree, disagree, it, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I've got my own opinions. You know, share your opinions. Explore your relationships with people. Play a little bit in a couple of the jokes or whatever and just savor the moment that you're having socially with a friend, with a family, with a relationship that you have and have a wonderful day, you magnificent beast. <laughs> I'm Justin and this is Thought Architecture.